Hi, this is Ali Sheen for Morning Combos. The third part of the Donald Trump and the Deep State is going to be put off for another week or so. So I can see what happens with the impeachment um, trial, being that the Senate may be taking this up. So I think it'll be more information to put into the uh, episode. So I'm going to put it off for the next two weeks. But anyway, here's a new episode. Enjoy. Welcome to Morning Combos with Ali Sheen. Welcome to Morning Combos. I'm your host, Ali Sheen. Glad to be with you once again. On today's episode, I'm going to discuss the I'm Sorry Democrat. Michael Bloomberg is the latest Democrat to say I'm sorry for past misdeeds that won't jive with Democratic voters today, specifically his stop and frisk program. This policy, even though it did lead to lower crime in New York City, has been attacked by the left because African-Americans and Hispanics were disproportionately targeted by this policy. Bloomberg is the latest Democrat to go on on an apology tour, as CNN puts it, but he's not alone. Pete Buttigieg had to apologize for firing the first black commissioner in his um in uh, South Bend, and to continue and continuing to cover up possible corruption in that matter. Recently, he torpedoed his own campaign when he sent out emails heralding the over 400 Black Americans that were supporting his Douglas plan. Now, his Douglas plan is uh, Mayor Peep attempt to garner some Black and Latino support. The plan has some elements that are beneficial to that uh, to both demographics, but the plan ultimately falls short of what's necessary for black Americans. The failure on Mayor Peace's plan is not surprising. Just look at his shameless pandering, like uh, drinking out of a brown paper bag with black men for a photo op, or tricking South Carolinians into supporting his Douglas plan. Now, they did this by his party deceptively made it appear through emails that there was actual support by uh, people of North Carolina for his plan when there really wasn't. He also lied about the 400 black supporters uh, that allegedly was supporting his plan. Come to find out, 62% of the black supporters on his flyer, his uh, advertisement, were white. No Democrat in the modern era has won the presidency without black and Latino support. Mayor Pete is now polling at 0% in the black community in some states. I mean, Mayor Pete only has six black endorsements from politicians. In his own state, hell, even his city, he doesn't have not one black politician that is endorsing him. And that is very, very telling. His shameless pandering has been in vain. And speaking of shameless, Elizabeth Warren had to apologize for her claims of being Native American and then the DNA test that she took to defend her lie. Truthfully, it's hard to find anything she hasn't lied about. She lied about her parents having to elope because of racism against her mother 
who is white, might I add? Now stop laughing. We we all know that uh the the horrible racial discriminations white had to endure in this country. She lied about being the first nursing mother to take the bar exam in New Jersey, which is totally bullshit because the state doesn't keep records on dumb stats like that. She lied about being a single mom when she met her second and present husband. She lied about not accepting money from Super PAC. She lied about getting fired from her teaching job because of her pregnancy. As you can see, Elizabeth Warren is two-faced liar, is a two-faced liar, and neither of those faces is Native American. Even the father of modern-day socialism, Bernie Sanders, had to say I'm sorry, too. He said, and I quote, I am certainly, uh, I, want, I certainly want to apologize to any woman who felt she was not treated appropriately by his 2016 campaign. This apology came after a series of sexual harassment allegations against top male campaign staffers. But it hasn't only been 2020 candidates alone doing apologizing. In Virginia, we had a lot. We have Virginia Attorney General Mark Herring, who wants you to know from the bottom of his heart that he is deeply, deeply sorry for wearing blackface in college. And five days after that, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam had to say, I am deeply sorry for the decision I made to appear in that photo in blackface in 1984. Something definitely was wrong in Virginia because in the midst of that scandal, Governor Justin Fairfax was accused of a sexual assault in 2004, which he denies, and of dropping the F-bomb during a meeting about it, which his office confirmed. Fairfax didn't apologize for the assault, but for the embarrassment the scandal caused Virginia. And two former 2020 candidates, one, Sister Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, said she was really regretted some of her previous pro-gun and tough-on-immigration positions. Because you know, the Democrats are all for taking your guns and open borders. And Beto O'Rourke had to apologize from everything from being white to child murder fantasies. And yes, I really do mean he apologized for child murder fantasies of his that he wrote when he was in school. We also have Representative Tulsi Gabbard, who produced an apology video saying she was deeply sorry for old remarks about homosexual extremists. Listen here. And then... We have Kamala Harris, who had to apologize for her decision to imprison parents for their children's truancy. She also, while a prosecutor, decided to withhold exculpatory evidence against uh, um, people that she was trying, against people that she was trying. One person was on and, and going for murder, was in jail for murder, and she was going to let him spend the rest of his life in jail just to not let him go. And she also has a reluctance to correct prosecutorial misconduct. And the worst part about it is that even though she apologized, she didn't take the blame. She placed the blame for her failures on her staff. And finally, we get to who the mainstream media claims is your, not mine, but your Democratic frontrunner, Uncle Bad Touch Joe Biden. Biden had to apologize for a slew of things, 
not caring about personal space. The crime bill, which he said, you know what? I'm not even going to go through all the list of the things he do. I'm just going to play it for you. Here's all the things that Joe Biden is sorry for. That if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. I never make any big, big gaps. I mean, you guys love saying that about me. But often his handsiness and comments. No dates you 30 are likened to those of a crazy but lovable uncle. But as they veer toward the more bizarre variety, it's raising questions about appropriate behavior for someone eyeing the White House. So earlier this week, Biden publicly used the term Shylocks in reference to aggressive money lenders. But it's a word considered anti-Semitic, a reference to a ruthless Jewish lender in Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. He said in the first hundred days, he's gonna let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain! Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. So I'm not joking. Once again, a curse of Biden strikes. I've gotten to know you well enough you want me to stop because I'm embarrassed. Pardon me? Every 10 minutes there's a shift in sort of what the strategy is again. Who gives a it's a large, very identifiable Somali community. There's an awful lot of driving cabs uh, and, uh, and our friends of mine, for real. I'm not, I'm not being solicitous, I'm being serious. Only 15 Somalis live in the entire state, according to the Census Bureau. And Wilmington cab drivers told CNN they knew of no Somalis driving taxis. The vice president called the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi today to clarify remarks he made last week during a forum at Harvard. And our biggest problem is our allies. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. All this stuff about how different Barack Obama is, they're just not used to somebody really smart. They're just not used to somebody who's really well-educated. They just don't know quite how to handle it. I want to talk about just as a support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. And I always tried to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, and, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. And over the years, knowing what I've been through, the things that I've faced, I've found that scores, if not hundreds of people have come up to me and reached out for solace and comfort, something, something, anything that may help them get through the tragedy they're going through. And, and, uh, and, and so I, it's just, just who, who I am. While at Syracuse Law School, Biden was involved in a plagiarism incident. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. He was given an F, but appealed to the faculty and allowed to repeat the course. He got a B. This comes in the middle of another controversy about plagiarism in Biden's I, campaign speeches. Today, he dismissed charges that he routinely adopts phrases from other politicians' speeches, called it much ado about nothing. Essentially, Biden said, everyone does it. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous.
But to the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump, for example. But this standard is not a measure of how we can evaluate the condition of our society. It cannot measure the health of our children, the quality of our education, the joy of their play. This is how it sounded when Robert Kennedy said those words in 1968. Yet the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, all without credit. That our generation of Americans will pay any price, bear any burden, accept any challenge, and meet any hardship. President John Kennedy's inaugural, 1961. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, it's a form of false advertising. Consensus on that. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized. They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. And the truth is, we don't very well know how to rehabilitate them at that point. That's the sad truth. I'm the guy that said rehabilitation, when it occurs, we don't understand it and notice it. And when we, even when we notice it and we know it occurs, we don't know why. So you cannot make rehabilitation a condition for release. That's why in our system, there's the federal system, you serve 85% of your time. It's a shame. The Democrats have apologized for everything but their disastrous policies that have led to an increase in poverty and the divisive, divisive rhetoric has divided our country more so than even during the Jim Crow era. They seek to divide and conquer this nation so they can fulfill their fascist, authoritarian, wet dreams. And we patriots must make sure that this never happens. The Democratic Party is disgusting it should never, it shouldn't even exist anymore. I want everyone, I, I, I don't even think that it's enough that people leave the party. I think the party needs to be abolished completely. We need to, it needs to disband. There is nothing, nothing good about the Democratic Party. But on that note, I'm going to leave this, uh, to, I'm going to leave this episode in this episode. Thank you for joining me. And see you on the next episode of Morning Combos. Enjoy your morning.
Thank you for watching my podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, and anywhere else podcasts are found. Like my page, Ali Sheen's Playground, on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram, Ali Sheen's underscore Playground underscore. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, Ali Sheen's Playground. Let me know your opinion on this episode and any other episode. Till next time, enjoy your day.